Nancy Pelosi wants $3.5 trillion for coronavirus relief. The Senate Republicans want $1 trillion, and so the House did what seems rather logical. They said, we'll see you in mid-September. The president has decided he'll just give people $400 a week, and I'm not sure the president can do that. Wait a second. I'm positive the president can't do that via executive order. I had to, t- the on top of that, add to that, depending on how you like to say it, We continue to go down the road with China being a bad actor. You see sanctions from the United States against Chinese nationals. They respond with sanctions against people like Senator Ted Cruz and Senator Marco Rubio. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Senator Todd Young of Indiana joins us right now. He sits on the Foreign Relations Committee and the Finance Committee. And I do want to get with you. On uh, coronavirus relief, doing, and Tony? specifically, it's good to talk to you. It's good to, good to hear from you. Uh, yeah. If you want to get with you on China, but let's start where we start. Joe Biden picks Kamala Harris, your comrade in the Senate. What do you think? Um, she wants to pass a Green New Deal. She wants Hoosiers to have to, therefore, uh, rebuild their houses to Green New Deal standards. Uh, she wants to prevent us from driving, uh, wants us to stop eating beef. Uh, she wants to eliminate on-the-job insurance, but says undocumented immigrants should, should get free health care. She's promised to raise taxes. Uh, what is there to like? is what I would say. Uh, She's the number one draft pick, as President Trump likes to say, uh, for vice president. I believe that. The more people get to know Kamala Harris, uh, the less they will like her. Has this been... (laughs) Holy cow! Uh, Has has that been your experience in dealing with her in the Senate? No, actually, she's quite pleasant in person. That's the irony of the whole thing. (laughs) Uh, But she hails from the far-left progressive... Uh, collectivist wing of the party, and they're driving the agenda, which is exactly why she was picked. And, and, and one does need to take seriously the selection of a vice president, a heartbeat away from the presidency. Uh, does the state of Indiana, does America want somebody who hails from the far left of a far left national party uh, during this important time? I don't think so. Now, let's get into this important time, which is, of course, uh, coronavirus and uh, more stimulus. Right. The Republican plan, the heroes, the heels act, sorry, uh, would be one trillion dollars. The Democrats under Nancy Pelosi with three point five trillion dollars worth of desires and and, and wants. Uh, The Democrats position is come meet us halfway. And it seems the Republicans are like, no, that's a pretty bad idea as you would describe it to to indiana and to the american people what's the difference between the two plans so nancy pelosi is living on fantasy island among the differences between the two plans aside from the three and a half trillion dollar price tag is this is a messaging bill don't take it from todd young take it from the new york times which weeks ago when this bill was crafted in nancy pelosi's office without consultation uh with uh the vast majority of her conference uh without uh, outside the light of day um this thing was introduced it was a messaging bill suddenly it's become their negotiating position they want to fund such things as uh, the national endowment for the arts Okay, we can debate that. We can debate the propriety of of federal taxpayers paying for the National Endowment of the Arts and to what extent, but it shouldn't be part of a coronavirus package. 
checks to illegal immigrants. That's also part of this. Um, you know, the, the sorts of things, nationalizing our federal uh, elections, uh, that is part of this. These are things unrelated to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Hoosiers can see through this. And look, Pelosi knows uh, Speaker Pelosi knows that this is something uh, that Republicans cannot agree with. She's not moving off the dime of her three and a half trillion dollar figure. She's trying to sow chaos, hoping that that will be um, uh, tagged to President Trump. And, and as it relates to President Trump's executive actions, um, I think he felt as though, look, we're in the midst of a national emergency. These are certainly exigent circumstances. And if there's an attempt to essentially um, drive our economy into a ditch, uh, much of, of that damage being irreversible, to inflict pain on people so they're evicted from their homes, uh, to uh, not ensure that our health care providers have all the resources they need, and so forth, uh, so that she might win an election. Uh, the president felt like, you know, uh, you know, we need to act in some Exigent way. Exigent circumstances hopefully notwithstanding, will, Senator. Will, um, uh, as a negotiating uh, you know, posture, uh, give us more leverage to actually arrive at a legislative solution, which I agree with you, Tony. That is how you want to solve this through legislation. No, see, well, it's through not a question of want to, sir. It's a question of signed of into the, law by the president. It's not a question of want to. It's a question of the way that it's solved. Uh, one of your fellow senators on the Republican side, Ben Sass in Nebraska, referred to the executive orders as unconstitutional slop. Uh, we, we agree that the president, whether you, you call it good politics or not, which I can agree it's very good politics. The president can't simply sign that every uh, American who's unemployed gets an extra $400 a week. I agree. I agree. Uh, A pen and phone strategy, whether it is implemented by uh, President Obama during a time when we are not in a national emergency or by a a Republican president during a a time when we are in the midst of one of the worst national emergencies we've ever seen is not the best way to make public policy. So uh, my good friend, uh, Senator Sass, and I agree on that. Talking to Senator Todd Young of Indiana. When we now discuss uh, what it is, the 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 really far fetched and and uh, rather um, obscene nature, as I see it, of Nancy Pelosi's plan, I do think it's obscene that if we're talking about helping those people who we have harmed through shutdown, we should be focused on those people and other things like, for example, in the first stimulus, the money to the Kennedy Center, uh, which people in Washington agreed the Kennedy Center needed the money. It just should not have been a part of that first set of stimulus. How do you create a deal now? Because Nancy Pelosi and Senator Chuck Schumer, the Senate Minority Leader, have not only taken a hardline position, they've taken what I would refer to, sir, and tell me if you agree or disagree, a very bitter position on saying, meet us halfway or you want to kill grandma. It's a cynical position. It's a dangerous position that undermines faith uh, and confidence uh, in uh, our institutions. Um, uh, you know, undermines faith uh, in our government leaders. There's, there's already a, a great cynicism out there about Washington. But in a time of national emergency, we need to be able to come together just as we did in the initial stages of this pandemic. But unfortunately, we're roughly 90 days out from an incredibly consequential election. It's clearly, clearly the calculation.
escalation of, of Nancy Pelosi working with the far left wing of her party, uh, which is controlling the agenda, that they sow the seeds of chaos, that the president will be built, blamed, and that that will help them come election day. And so um, this is a terrible predicament, and, and uh, we need to navigate this. We need to call it as we see it. And uh, I think once the American people are are educated, uh, as your listeners are, as to what exactly is going on, uh, it's going to be easier to arrive at a settlement because uh, we might see more movement from Pelosi or Schumer. Let's hope so. Now, you have, and I don't know if people know this, you have one of the weirdest, weirdest jobs in the Senate within the Republican Party. Your job is to get senators reelected. And I always said that has got to be the most thankless job possible, because if you get them reelected, well, you were. Yeah, you got them reelected. If you don't get them reelected, you're the guy who lost the Senate. Right. That's the position you're in. As you take a look at 2020 and take a look at some of the elections uh, that, that we're looking at, where do you feel the Senate is right now? Can Republicans maintain control? And then looking at the House side, is there a is there a strategy? Is there a possibility of the Republicans gaining control of the House? So I'm actually privileged to have this position. Republicans are defending 23 U.S. Senate seats. The Democrats are only defending 12 seats nationally. So I love tough challenges. This is the toughest of challenges. Uh, You throw together the real estate challenge with the fact that this is uh, occurring within the midst of a global pandemic, an economic downturn, and racial and civil strife. And it ain't easy uh, to make sure Republicans keep control of the U.S. Senate. Uh, But look, uh, I control the thing. Things, uh, per the serenity prayer, uh, St. Francis, that are within my realm of control. And that means raising significant resources to assist my colleagues in these uh, battleground states so that we can do everything possible to put ourselves in a position to succeed. We have broken fundraising records by orders of magnitude at the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Um, and, and all the way, along the way, I've been able to sit at the leadership table and help shape the agenda on behalf of Hoosiers. So this is a great opportunity for me to do everything I can to serve my country in this capacity. If for whatever reason, Donald J. Trump were to not win this election, Joe Biden were in control of of the White House, you have Nancy Pelosi in the House, we need a firewall against the Green New Deal, a packing of the Supreme Court of the United States as Mayor Pete socialized within the Democratic Party, a significant increase in taxes, and all the other crazy nonsense that uh, the far-left mob has been putting forward. I am someone not prone traditionally to histrionics. You know that, Tony, but the the implications of this election, I cannot overstate uh, the importance of of, uh, not doing everything possible to succeed in the Senate. We are poised for success. We're 90 days out. We've raised all those resources I mentioned. We've got great candidates with records of accomplishment to speak of. It's going to be close, and um, Hoosiers and others can't relent. So we need to stay focused on the prize, which is the November elections. Talking to Senator Todd Young of Indiana, one of your other committee um, uh, assignments. You know, you're there on the Finance Committee, uh, Commerce, Science and and Transportation as well. But to that uh, Foreign Relations Committee, 
We continue to take a look at China and and their actions. Of course, Russia has decided that they've got the cure to coronavirus, and I'm looking forward to how uh, their quote-unquote cure actually works. Uh, but to the concept of China, China's not taking responsibility for uh, what seems to be very clear, uh, the testing uh, that they were doing in that virology lab in, in Wuhan, in not letting people know about leaks and not letting people know about coronavirus and continuing to lie about uh, their numbers, which seems as obvious as the day uh, is, is long. And the problem that that China is in the stealing of technology and intellectual property and now putting the sanctions on people like Senator Ted Cruz and Senator Marco Rubio, like the United States has put sanctions on uh, Chinese nationals. At what moment do you see this as, okay, we're in a real fight. I argue we already are. Maybe you see it differently. When do you see this as an actual fight? What is the fight and how does one win it? So, uh, let me start. Uh, I feel um, disrespected uh, by the Chinese Communist Party that I, I too, was not sanctioned. Um, you know, <laughs> frankly, um, I feel like I've been a lot harder on the Chinese as a matter of substance and rhetoric than many of my colleagues. So I feel disrespected by Xi Jinping uh, and the other butchers who, who uh, advise him uh, on the uh, Politburo uh, within uh, China there. So uh, I'm assessing my options as it relates to a personal response. But more generally, uh, as a country. Look, uh, early on in my tenure as a member of the Foreign Relations Committee, I held a series of hearings pertaining to China and their predatory economic practices. They rip off our intellectual property. They force us to transfer technology. They dump goods uh, into the United States so that they can grab market share. Um, they are violating all kinds of human rights, not just in Hong Kong, but they're actually um, they continue to to populate uh, concentration camps of, of Uyghur Muslims in the western part of the country. They have slave labor. You go on and on uh, about their violations of international norms and international laws, and, and uh, we need to stay vigilant. We are in the midst of a generational, perhaps multi-generational battle. And so I think the president has, has rightly elevated the issue of the economic concerns. I think we need to continue to carry the torch of, of uh, human rights uh, as we have throughout the Cold War uh, so that uh, our allies know that uh, we stick with them. There is an alternative to this autocratic, oppressive uh, way of government, and uh, it, it exists uh, in the free West, and the United States of America will continue to lead that free West militarily, diplomatically, and economically. So we need our alliance system. And then, um, you know, the last thing I, I would mention is we need to play offense. We can't just say don't buy Huawei materials uh, because, uh, you know, allies like UK, um, you're going to have the Chinese selling you this, this cheap IT equipment that ultimately stealing data from your people. Uh, we can't just persuade other countries not to accept debt uh, lest they fall into a debt trap, uh, not, not to accept a foreign aid lest they fall into a debt trap from the Chinese. But um, I think playing offense means, in addition to military investment, in investing in next-generation technologies like artificial intelligence, quantum computing, uh, hypersonic technology, so that we can outgrow 
out-compete and out-innovate the Chinese, which is how we ultimately, in large measure, won the Cold War against the Soviet Union. So uh, I have put forward legislation that would invest in these frontier technologies and uh, I think early next year we'll have an opportunity to pass that legislation. And um, there is absolutely no reason this state capitalist model they put together uh, should, should ever outflank the United States in, in any key technology area. In literally 30 seconds, because it's all I have left, sir, I've been saying about uh, our state of Indiana, I would say this about Nebraska as well, I am stunned that these states haven't come together to create opportunities for businesses to bring manufacturing back from China and create deals uh, for them, tax breaks for them. Would you, are you willing to introduce that kind of legislation in the Senate that would provide tax breaks for companies that pull their manufacturing out of China, like Japan has done with a $25 billion fund, and bring that manufacturing back to the Midwest? Yes, we need to develop public policies that incentivize uh, American workers to to make uh, our, our uh, goods here, especially for particular product categories. There's no reason whatsoever we should be dependent on the Chinese uh, for things like PPE and other things. So, um, uh, we'll work together with our trusted partners and allies uh, to make sure that we are uh, not dependent on the Chinese. That will lead to more Hoosier jobs, uh, being the most manufacturing-intensive state in the country, and I look forward to working uh, to that end. Senator Todd Young on Twitter, S-E-N Todd Young. That's two Ds on the Todd right there. I always appreciate you taking uh, the time, sir. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.